Hello and welcome to Choosing an Agency. My name's Alex, founder of Search Agency Climbing Trees, and I'm here to talk about how to select the right agency to grow your business. So today I'm joined by Flurry Forbes Martin at Studio Republic. Hi Flurry. Hi Alex, thank you for having me on. So for people who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you guys do, please? Cool. Uh, So who am I? God, that's a deep question. Uh, Well, my role is business growth director um, and the company I work for is Studio Republic. Studio Republic is a B Corp certified impact studio. So our skill set is predominantly website development, branding, creative campaign, marketing, that sort of thing. Um, Uh But really what we focus on is leveraging those skills to empower causes with the means to directly impact lives. So the majority of our clients are charities and sometimes they are kind of sustainability organisations, but everyone we work with has a clear purpose and that purpose is good. Ah, awesome. And then what's your background? When did you first start working in agencies? Mm, Right back at the start, actually. Uh, So I did my uh, degree at Bournemouth University. Shout out to BU. Mm-hmm. And I did it in public relations and I finished my course and said, fantastic. I know one thing that I don't want to do. And that was that. So, you know, I learned a lot, had a great time at uni, but didn't want to do PR by the time that was done. Um, and stumbled into a luxury e-commerce agency that was local to Bournemouth called Folk, which is actually sadly no more. Um, and that was like my first taste of agency. I didn't, other than PR agencies, I didn't know like an agency existed beyond that um and I yeah from there tried a bit of everything actually so I went from luxury commerce to a gaming studio created app games for lego then I went to a um popular iced coffee drinks brand but that did not work out uh that's a story for another time then I went to an advertising agency a branding agency uh, I set up my own vegan marketing agency for a little bit in the medium and then I landed with Studio Republic. Wow, so, so that's quite a deep yeah. experience of the industry from like starting up yourself, small agency through to large agencies. Yeah, and really learning with each job, not only what I liked from companies and teams, but also what mattered to me. And when I left my previous agency to join SR was really the first time that I changed job because it aligned with my values Whereas before, I was just kind of like, this might be fun, that might be fun. And then what sort of stuff do you do on a day-to-day basis? So my role is predominantly new business. So sales Uh for the agency, but I look after our marketing as well. So the way I position it from a client-facing point of view is helping clients to unravel their challenge, their brief a bit better, a bit more thoroughly. And then I work with everyone in my team to kind of figure out what that first strategy looks like before we've had time to get under the skin, which is a bit of a skill set in itself because there's a bit of guesswork in there. There's a bit of magic in there. um, But we get to a solution that everyone's happy with before they start the work, basically. Wow. So it's really trying to help the client understand because sometimes clients ask for something, but they actually need something else. Yeah. And it can be difficult to convince them of that, even with the experience that we have. <laughs> but we're trying to get them to the right solution to solve the problem, right? So that's our job. Perfect. So then as a as a business, what's the project or piece of work that you guys are most proud of? Mm. So you had another question that, that coupled up with this one, right? Which is, is one and the same for me. So uh, really proud to have worked on the 2.6 challenge because that raised 11.2 million for nearly 4,000 charities. That's amazing. But from a personal point of view, the projects I'm most proud of and the pitch in terms of 
it being very creative was for the National Deaf Children's Society. Uh-huh. I learned sign language when I was quite young. I originally learned it at Brownies and then brought the alphabet home, gave it to my dad, and he just took it up. He took it up as a hobby, went to level three, used to interpret for theatre shows and stuff. Um, and then I picked it up again when I was at college as an evening class. <laughs> so I haven't used it for a long time, but I adore sign language. I just think it's it's so expressive and passionate. Oh, I just love it. Um, and we had this opportunity to pitch for a website for deaf young people to connect, reduce the sense of isolation, talk about things that affect deaf young people specifically. So that project we won, which is amazing. And actually for the pitch, I got my my old man to give us a, a introductory video in BSL and I introduced the team in BSL and we got interviewed by their youth advisory board as well. So it was a really, really magical experience and one that I'm really proud of. Oh, wow, that sounds awesome. It was fun. <laughs> And what I think, sign language, and you always see on like um, like big conferences, there'll be someone trying to keep up, keep a pace yeah, with sign yeah. language. And some of the movements are just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the more the more expressive the speaker, the more expressive sign language. So my mum was um, wore a hearing aid, and um, she was deaf for a lot of her life, and I know she really felt under. Like, like people would think she was like simple or something as a result of wearing a hearing aid if that makes sense because there's quite a lot yeah. of negative preconceptions that people can have yeah uh, but my mum was a really sharp cookie and could tell you just about anything about anything and frequently did <laughs> and for the better only for yeah. the betterment of you Alex <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed <laughs> so the purpose of the podcast that we got today is about helping clients select the right agents for, for them and to get the most out of those sort of working relationships. Yeah. So what are the factors that you've seen included in the best brief? Oh, good one. Um, I don't actually think there's one format, but I suppose the simplest answer is the more information, the better because the less that we are provided, the more assumptions we have to make. And it can be frustrating on both sides of the fence where, we're filling in the blanks and we don't fill them in quite the right way. So from my point of view, I want to know everything I can about the process, who's in the room, who we're talking to, who the decision makers are, not just the person I'm speaking to day to day. That's really, really important as well. So understand where everyone's priorities are. Um, And we take an audience led approach to everything we do. So the more understanding that a client can give us about their audience, not just demographics and that kind of top level stuff, but actually what their motivations are, what their challenges are, what the opportunities are to inspire and engage them. That shapes everything that we do. And that's something that we Uh focus on a lot in our work. So the more of that we get up front, the better. So really, it's just about being as comprehensive as possible at the initial stage. Yeah, I think so. I don't want a dissertation essay, but, you know, there are some fundamentals that we need. And the more insight we can get on an organisation, its goals, its audiences, its competitors you know, the usual stuff, the better, because we, we get a better understanding of where we're starting from. And then as an agency, do you guys respond to pitches and RFPs? Yes, we do. And in terms of um, so giving advice to clients about pitches, because there is quite a lot of debate about how that should be managed and that kind of thing, what advice would you suggest? Oh, another good question. So... A real, again, coming back to my previous point, a real struggle is when a client comes to us with a really desperate need, but they're so busy doing their day jobs that they can't really give the process enough time. Yeah. Um, you know, that comes back to the previous point about 
not understanding what each individual's priorities are for that project say it's a website you'll have different teams that will need different things from it and we need to get a really comprehensive view of what that is before we can come back with a solution that works for them and audiences so it's really important that we have enough time from the, the client stakeholders um i think it's a really good idea to make sure you have at least two phases of that process one being proposal whether that's before or after a, a meeting and one being a pitch but we prefer not to use a pitch to just talk at clients what we've tried to do in the past is make that almost like a collaborative introductory type scoping session where we can use it to ask the kind of questions that you can't in a pitch because you have to seem like you know all the answers yeah. clients get more from it we get more from it the proposal at the side is better quality the kickoff point is moved further forward so collaborative time with clients um and i guess just being open-minded to ideas and then how do you feel with regards to the number of agencies a client should select and then things like um getting feedback after the whole process mm. be it positive or negative yeah really important so um really we we try not to pitch for anything if there's more than three agencies in the room we have every every agency that even makes that rule i'm sure still does we don't really have a choice unfortunately but it it kind of says something about a client it kind of tells us that you don't have really any idea what you're looking for or you haven't even you haven't even known where to start necessarily we would love it if you have a smaller set you've taken the time to get to know the agencies you've put on that initial list and you kind of know what to expect from us that that's a good sign that you know what you're looking for and so we don't have to explain the kind of basics um and what was the second point alex the feedback yes feedback is so i mean for me personally in my role it's like it's everything <laughs> it's so so important so when we lose when we lose um uh, pitches which happens clients that make the time to come on and have like you know 20 30 minute call with us after and speak as honestly as possible about where we fell down the things we didn't cover where they you know didn't have confidence in us it, it immediately changes the way we go into the next meeting the way we speak to the next client and I think it's fair for clients to do that because we've, we've obviously put in so much time up front absolutely and I think it's that kind of um is almost linked to the input that you get at the beginning in terms of how comprehensive that brief is if you have access to a client and you can establish that collaborative mm. approach going into a pit situation you can hopefully then elicit some valuable information on the way out of it because there is nothing worse than pitching and just hearing you didn't win it or being ghosted and just getting nothing from the whole process yeah that's that's um, becoming less and less frequent i'll be honest we've found anyway clients are giving us the time and are being honest which is good but there's a there's an underlying theme here which i just want to make a point of from a client's point of view and that's that even though we're the ones trying to win the work and we're the ones trying to get the budget the way you write your brief the way you manage a competitive process what you choose to do in the pitch meeting as a client you're telling us so much about you before we've before we've started working and it, it is a two-way street so as much as we're trying to you know show up and present give great ideas and impress you the client we're also kind of examining you to see how you respond will you make time how good are you at your comms because that indicates to us what, what kind of relationship we're going to have with you so I think it's important for clients to bear that in mind absolutely because there are a lot of client personas that you could identify in terms of how the relationship will pan, pan out and how a client conducts themselves in that pitch situation mm. will underpin probably a lot of how they're going to work on the other side. 
Exactly, exactly. So you touched on it just briefly. How important is getting a budget from a client? Extremely important because I get the chicken and egg thing (laughs) with clients, but ultimately we have the ability to flex up and down as an agency. And depending on the service offering and your need, we can give you a Ford Fiesta or we can give you a Ferrari and we can give you the time and expertise to do that. There are many ways to skin a cat. And if we don't have at least an indication of affordability, i.e. a budget from X to Y, we have no idea where to position ourselves. If we went in at the Ferrari end all the time, clients would say, well, you know, no, we can't afford that because they, they do have a level of expectation. So it's really important that's communicated to us as early as possible. Absolutely. And then I guess that then sort of folds into part of the qualification process that you go through. How, mm. how important is that for you um, as, an, as a, a new business development person? Everything. It's where we succeed or fail as a business um, because we are blessed to have lots of opportunities come through the door. You know, the one thing I guess that separates us from a lot of agencies is the impact piece. We can see immediately if a business is actually out to do good or if they're just yeah. trying to sell you know cigarettes (laughs) for example and so that's really easy to say no we're not the partner for you but there are a number of points that we look at an agency and say is the relationship right do they understand what they need how do they respond the budget the timing are they realistic in their expectations these again are all indicators of whether or not we actually think we're going to make a good partnership or not so yeah everything gets qualified in whether clients know or not (laughs) so when a client's looking at an agency, what are the signs that that agency is going to be a good fit? Mm. I think uh, there are a few components to this, but it's got to be down to our kind of own visual comms, right? Where are we as an agency investing time to position ourselves? Is our blog content talking about things that matter and are relevant to you as a client? Uh, is our website, you know, full of case studies and language that resonates with you as an organization? And that's obviously built on a foundation of purpose and ethics and values and things like that. Um, but I guess if I was hiring an agency completely cold now, um, I'd be looking looking around the website, looking at their social channels, looking at their blog content to figure out if they're spending time thinking about the things that matter to me as a client. That's a good indicator that you're going to know where my problems are and how you're going to help me solve them. And then how in the sort of early stages of speaking to um, an agency, how important is it to get a feel for the team to see whether that the, the team and the people behind the scenes are aligned with the public sort of face of the business? Yeah. I mean, so important. One of the limitations, I mean, there's so many limitations of Zoom in terms of pitching is that you, you can't pick up on that body language in the room, right? But what Zoom has allowed us to do is bring in every single member of a client's new project team to say hello, because we wouldn't normally be able to ship 10 people up to wherever Oxfordshire to go and say hi, but we can do it on Zoom. So uh, we have a core team. I obviously facilitate new business opportunities. And then we have core lead team team members that are in the pitch room and then lead the project. Um, But yeah, we bring on everyone at the beginning to say hello. So they can kind of put faces to names from the very start. Um, And, you know, people buy from people. Everyone knows that. Um, And when you can see into the whites of the eyes, your people, the the people you're working with, you can get a good feel for what they're going to be like. And you're right about the limitations of Zoom. The oddest pitch that I had to do during lockdown was um, to three separate people in separate offices, and they said, we've got really bad signal where we are, so we're going to turn our cameras off. 
<sighs> and then you're getting feedback, so they turn their sound off. So we were then sort of like pitching into oh, the void. No. It was um it was it was quite funny. It was That's quite funny. Awful. That's it was awful. diabolical, absolutely diabolical. But we did we delivered that presentation. Did you win it? No. <laughs> That's uh, horrible. And, and and to be honest, someone at that client then went off and took um some of the ideas we came up with and did it themselves. Oh, double whammy. Thank well, you. But then, you know, that is a, that's a sign. That is a sign. It was a sign. Absolutely. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if I'd be able to say just straight up no to that because you've done so much pitch prep, but I, I don't know how I would have responded in that. If, I can't if remember I was how much it was. It was something like six to eight days of man time we'd put into getting that oh. like global campaign, loads of different territories, keyword research, numbers coming out of our ears. It was... Uh, um, you know, such is life. So how do you feel when, do you ever get clients or potential new clients want to speak to existing clients? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had um, a client that we won recently who, based on everything we've just discussed, was like, we Im- could tell immediately they were so, so lovely and are continuing to be very lovely. Um, they asked to speak to two or three of our clients at the very last stage so we've done proposal had a great meeting with them fantastic chemistry and then after that asked to speak to some clients um it's not always essential but I guess you know there shouldn't be anything to hide from an agency point of view and we always have clients that are willing to provide an honest opinion um and actually you know being brutally honest there was feedback from the clients to the potential client that was not 100% glowing but kind of like oh this is something that we've been working on with them which was honest and actually that sparks a fantastic secondary conversation with that prospective client about ways of working and what they would really like um and I think it gave us an opportunity to show how authentic we were and be very honest and they loved it and they they wanted to work with us so it's not just about getting glowing reviews but are you willing to put your cards on the table basically absolutely sometimes in that whole process there's no agency in the land that runs optimally 100% of the time and sometimes when you as an agency you falter or there can be a service delivery problem um it's then how you respond to that I when I first started um uh, the business I used to get really stressed out with mistakes and I was just like oh we're gonna like clients is gonna walk in with a big gun and just fire us straight away (laughs) Uh, but what we actually realized was very often it's how we respond to those mistakes Mm. and those issues and the uh, values and the principles we bring to a problem and how we try and resolve them that actually earns more trust and so in a really quite weird way it's like mistakes are the best possible thing because it gives us an opportunity to actually show who we are as people and respond to that problem absolutely and of course we realize now we're not just talking about business this is philosophy for life <laughs> philosophy deep it is <laughs> so where do, where do you sit with um agency awards oh I love an agency award me <laughs> um do I think they're vital uh I'm not sure I'm not sure if I think they're vital if I was starting an agency again I think maybe I would look to get one under my belt because I think it'd be, it's important credibility maybe if you're newer but rather than it being from like a client perspective because I never I've never ever in the history of doing this job in any agency had a client ask me for awards what what our award record is never um but you know it builds trust it rewards the team it kind of shows the team 
what they're capable of. I think that's probably more important. And it, you know, gives you something else to talk about from a marketing point of view. So as long as you don't look at it as a new business conversion tool and more of a beneficial for all the other ways tool, <laughs> then I think they're worthwhile. What do you think? I well, and because there's quite a lot of disparate agency sectors. Um, so we don't do some of the um, sizable projects that you would, as an agent, as Studio Republic would do. Um, in our industry, I get sent emails every now and then saying, well done, you've won the award. Send us £750 and we'll send you your trophy. <laughs> yeah. And I could then be like a gold winner of such and such an award and that kind of stuff. And so I've always been ambivalent. And there are so many award-winning agencies doing what we do. It's almost like... Um, the differentiation has gone. I've also I've always been ambivalent about them. I've always thought, meh, awards, it's, mm. it's nonsense. But I think that's probably wrong. We've never entered an award, and so therefore never won one. So we're not an award-winning agency. <laughs> but I think that's probably the wrong thing to have done. And so I, I think there's two things, and one you touched on was that if you've got two businesses that are exactly the same, one enters awards, wins awards, and the other one doesn't, the one that wins awards and uh, enters awards will outperform the other agency because I think there's something psychologically that happens mm. to an agency. But that has to be for an award that has real meaning and value rather than just one you can buy for 750 quid. Yeah, agreed. And actually g- going back on what I've just said, like Studio Republic's history is 18 years old now. And, you know, they'd done a few awards before I joined three years ago, like a local, sort of lo- more locally oriented. Mm-hmm. After we launched the Super six challenge campaign which was absolutely staggering in terms of its results we kind of had something on our lap to say that it'd be silly for us not to try and go for some awards for this because it was such a big deal we want the hype to kind of continue and be able to show from an industry perspective that it was as good as we said and we won we won nearly everything we entered so we won campaign of the year in the third sector awards which is obviously speciality for charity we won campaign of the year in uh, sport industry which is obviously going into the sports sector and we we yeah. love working with sport for development brands so that was great and we won a few drum awards and things like that so it was a fantastic year for work and a fantastic year to prove that we were kind of worth our salts so I don't regret doing any of that but I think from an agency perspective it's just as and when you think the work is there rather than just going for them all the time. And for the UK, that was a phenomenally important moment in the pandemic, wasn't it? Because the 2.6 award was about... The 2.6 challenge was a really, really fundamental kind of point in time, right at the peak of pandemic. Um, We just found out that all the major events had been cancelled. The London Marathon had been cancelled. So over the weekend of the London Marathon, we basically created the 2.6 challenge with London Marathon, Great North Orion, Human Race, Sport England, all these other sports brands as a virtual stand-in for what would have been the London Marathon. Uh, so it was um, charity neutral. Any charity in the UK could get involved. Anyone could get involved and basically do a challenge to the power of 26 or 2.6. So really kind of versatile in terms of creativity as well. And yeah, 4,000 charities supported, 11.2 million raised, and lots of awards won. Cheers. <laughs> awesome. So when a client's looking uh, for agencies how important are the agency's values and how can an agency sort of demonstrate those values great question and an interesting one and the, <laughs> the reason it's an interesting one Alex is because we as a team are extremely purpose-driven and we spent a lot of time cementing that we have a very clear proposition a very clear mission but actually the values within that are something we haven't looked at for a while which is kind of like an unusual way of 
of doing things. But, you know, people understand the sentiment. You can't find a piece of communications we've put out there that doesn't represent our mission to help charities, to change the world, to create positive impacts. Um, and I guess, you know, I would say it's deeply important, but that's because I'm in a hyper purpose driven agency in hyper purpose driven space. Um, for a lot of agencies, it is just a few words that they slap on the wall in the office and there's not much more than that. But um, I think it depends on the client, how, how important, you know, what are your, what are your values as the client in terms of the way people work, the way people think, the attitudes they have. Um, and there's no reason why you can't ask agencies to present that kind of information in their proposals or in their pitches. I would love more clients that asked us why, why our purpose is our purpose and why it matters to us because, you know, we love talking about it. We think we're, you know, focused on a really important mission um, and we want clients that recognise and to respect that as well. Absolutely, and I, and I think you're right. I think that there are... There was once we had a local agency who copy and pasted the values from our website, which are my <laughs> values, which have led through to the business and then put them on their own website. And so that was a really interesting thing to discover. And um, <laughs> so there are, you know, values are, it's, it's like agency awards. There's something that anyone can wear. Yeah. But I think when you get under the skin of them and start exploring what the like, origins of them are, Mm. And hearing about how people communicate and the passion that they have about them, um, I think that's where they'll sort of really sing, I guess. Yeah, totally agree. So are there any red flags a client should look out for when speaking to an agency? Ooh. Well, um, I prize myself on punctuality. We've already covered the kind of way that we analyse how clients speak to us, but I suppose the way that agencies speak to clients is really crucial. Is the agency rep coming back to you are they providing enough time for you when you have conversations with you are they just talking about numbers and process or are they actually trying to get under the skin of the problem and understand more about your business through that discovery process I guess a great agency is one that has the confidence to stand up to you and challenge you even though a lot of clients don't always like that rather than just having a yes yes man or woman that will say yeah we can do that this is how much it costs off you go so, um, I, you know, above all else, I said, an agency that's willing to put in the time to, to understand you and your business, your audiences and your problem and demonstrate that throughout the process. Because it is that discovery phase of really understanding what's the history of the client, what the initial plans are, what the initial perspective is, and then presenting back something meaningful that's really, really important. Mm. Um, rather than just be, and not, as you say, being able to push back on certain points and almost provoke soul searching so that you end up with a better end point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, I put it in the same category as like buying your first house. It's so weird to me. I'm, I'm sat in our, we've just moved to Brighton, sat in a new home. It's lovely, but it's weird to think that we spent less than, I don't know, 20 minutes looking around this house before we forked out all the money we earn in the world to buy it. Um, and it's a little bit like that with agency and client relationships. You, you don't have that much time to really suss out the people that you're going to be working with for the next six months, 12 months, two years, five years. So both sides need to take probably a bit more time to get to know one another and really get a feel for what their values are, what their attitude is, and if they, if they care, if they give a damn about what you're doing and if they can help you. Absolutely. What agencies do you really admire? We're very close to... 
uh, another impact-led charity agency called Manifesto, who are we kind of consider a bigger sister. Like they've they've been around the block a few more times. They're a hell of a lot bigger than we are, but their heart is in the right place and their values in the right place. And they've got some fantastic real superstars in that team. I respect them um, primarily because they look out for us when they don't have to. And that's a fantastic relationship. We've had a really good partnership with them. Um, Actually, that's kind of a bit of a theme, really. I'm sure it's quite right for me to shout out Climbing Trees at this point, because prior to last year, we obviously didn't know each other at all. And then fate put us in each other's paths via lunch club, I think it was. Um, And out of nowhere, some genuine partnerships and relationships are formed. And suddenly you've got someone else that's egging you on and looking after you you know there to chat about good days and bad days and help one another out and um kind of ideate around stuff and um we've had a few of those sort of brand new partners that have come out of nowhere and suddenly are quite key to our day-to-day life and, and i think for me the interesting thing speaking to yourself and other people in the studio republic team is i think in the initial phase of climbing trees we were quite focused on making payroll keeping the lights on and then we've been through this sort of soul-searching period over the last almost couple of years now where we have retrofitted um, a lot of systems and processes just to make sure that simple things like that we're doing, like banking, the energy we're using, all of those kind of things is uh, foundationally correct. And I've taken a lot of inspiration from speaking to you and the guys at Studio Republic because you are so ethically sound. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Not easy. And it really isn't. And sometimes to make a decision to do that, you could carry on with almost business as usual and probably move faster mm. but through trying to do something different and conduct yourself in a better way. It is, um, there's a certain strength that comes from moving forward from that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We, we often bound around this question of like, if we were a vegan chocolate company and times got tough, would we stop selling vegan chocolate and start selling chocolate with cow's milk in no because that's not who we are that's what you know we have a mission that's very clear this is what we do and it's not easy to say no to things because sometimes the work can be exciting or maybe the client is fun but if it doesn't contribute to our mission the direction we're going then it doesn't fit so we have to be strict on that excellent this has been great where can people find out more about you guys online you can head straight to our website www.studiorepublic.com um and i would definitely encourage everyone to sign up to our brand new marketing newsletter which uh our fantastic new marketing manager came in and instilled relatively recently it's called take four give four we basically give you some fantastic good positive news from the world four stories to give you a bit of a heartwarming moment and then we offer you the opportunity to give four pounds to our chosen charity of the month for an extra chariot on top bit of purpose um and we're obviously on all the main social media channels as well perfect thanks for joining me today thanks alex it's been great fun